Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, it's Cameron with another solo Wednesday special coming at you. I just totally mumbled coming at you from Florida. Um, Before I dive in, I don't have a sponsor for this episode. However, I do want to try and highlight some small businesses that I love during these solo episodes because of everything that these businesses are facing right now, given the coronavirus and mandated shutdowns. While I totally agree with these legal decisions, it breaks my heart, the effect that it's having on small businesses and especially those of ones who I'm friends with the founders of because I know how much hard work has gone into these places. So today I want to highlight a brand that I've talked a lot about across my platforms and whose founder Tara Foley was actually a previous guest, which I will link in the show notes. Um, But Folane, it is honestly like a second home to me because they have a location very close to my apartment in the West Village. They have stores across the country, um, but a very large online presence for shopping. They have basically created the most, not exclusive, but like really freaking legit non-toxic beauty empire of sorts. Um, They say that non-toxic is non-negotiable and that they have a very, very extreme and diligent test to decide what products they're going to sell. They source from hundreds of brands and follow a five-step process to determine what's worth carrying on their shelves. And, you know, they pick from a lot of my favorite brands like Indie Lee and Tata Harper and Coco Kind, but they're not selecting the entire line. They're picking truly their favorite products of every brand. And they also just released their new brand, which is like their own full lane collection. So they have a cleanser, a toning mist, a moisturizer, moisturizer, an eye cream, masks. Um, their soap is honestly one of my favorite things in the world. And they have refillable stations at their stores. So I just want to give them a quick shout out and really recommend if you are looking to replenish or purchase any new products right now, instead of going to like the big, big places like the Sephora's and the Ulta's, I highly recommend checking out Folane. Um, Folane.com and also Freckled Foodie does get you 10% off the website. Okay, now I'm going to dive into the episode. And as I mentioned, this is a solo episode. I'm trying to release like mini ones every Wednesday during this social distancing time of coronavirus to keep people entertained. Um, This one is going to be about body image. And it's a topic that I've discussed a few times on my stories. Um, I guess on my feed too, I don't even really know. And in a few podcast episodes, I definitely talk about it a lot in an episode that's coming up in about like two weeks with Lisa Haim from The Well Necessities. So if you like this conversation then, or not conversation, because it's just me, if you like this episode, uh, definitely check that one out when it comes out. So I asked you guys for some prompts over Instagram. You sent in some general prompts and then also questions. So I'm going to go ahead and like start there, I guess. The first one is, do you think the most effective way to improve body image is to just eliminate talking about it? I I totally understand that sometimes like too much talk over body image can then spark these thoughts because I know I've personally been in a place where I see all these people talking about how confident they are and how they love their body and they're so body positive. And it almost makes me then 
think I'm like failing at another thing because I'm like, oh my God, I can't even love my body. Like, what the fuck? And so I've been in that position where then I'm like, I wish we would just stop talking about it. However, I do think that certain conversations help people. I, 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 and I don't mean like this conversation is necessarily going to help you. I have no fucking idea, but what I'm going to try and do on here is to provide like a very open and honest and I hate the word real, but I guess my current emotion. And I want to say that I have no answers for anyone. I am not a doctor or anyone that has any type of degree in this or master of this. I'm just going to share my story. So I hope that this is helpful in like giving you tips on how to improve body image. But I also don't, I'm not someone that constantly looks in the mirror and is like, I love myself. So if you are like me, and sometimes when you hear that, you feel like you're failing at another thing, don't worry, because I'm right there with you. Um, Another question was, why are people so hesitant to be open about how much they weigh? Why make it a secret? So this is something I've talked about on my stories before. I have no shame over my number. And I've never owned a scale in my life. I think maybe we had one in our house when we were kids, but like it was never really used. It was almost like a decorative glass situation. Um, I don't care to tell someone my number at all, but I will not share it on such a public platform for the sake of listeners. And the ice machine is running in the back. If you can hear it, I'm sorry. Um, But I don't know who's listening to this podcast. And if someone is not in a great mental space regarding their weight, I think it would be very easily easy to trigger them by me saying my weight because I've been in a place where I haven't been in a great mind space and I'm a little obsessive over the number. And when I've heard someone say it, I'm like, what? They weigh that much or that little? Why don't I weigh that? Like, I just think it's, I think that's why we struggle with sharing these numbers because it puts such a act of comparison into place because we are such literal analytical number obsessed people. And so putting a number on it then kind of, I think allows for these obsessive thoughts. So I will share my number with like close friends who I know aren't in those positions, but I won't share it so publicly in fear of, I have no idea who's listening. And I do think that that's the respectful thing to do for people out there. Um, That is my opinion. But while we're talking about weight, and this is something I talked about in my stories, um, I, interestingly enough, just had an experience where, so I've talked about how I was kind of in this obsessive state of mind, I guess like two years out of college, maybe three years out of college, um, where I was running a ton and I was a member at Equinox and I started to watch, like, you know how they have those like old school scales in the Equinox locker rooms. And I started to notice everyone was weighing themselves, like all of the females in the locker room. And again, I had never had a scale, so it was never something I did. And part of me started to think, is this something that women do? Are we just supposed to weigh ourselves? And I did one day, and then I slowly started to notice it was around the same time I was being really obsessive over the numbers on a treadmill because it was what I turned to, not knowing how to really work out on my own post-graduating and not having lacrosse. I started to obsess, not obsess, but I started to really enjoy the fact that the number was going down. And I vividly remember having a moment where I was weighing myself at Equinox and I, I noticed my like, I don't know what receptor in my brain turned on, but like I was happy that the number was low. And I said to myself, like, Cameron, this is not who the fuck you are. You do not care about this. You don't weigh yourself. What is going on? I don't like this behavior. And so right there, I cut it out. However, 
I've always remembered that number. And I think it was probably the lowest I've ever weighed based on like physicals and stuff. And it's just been so weird because over the past like three, two, three years, every time I've gotten weighted at a doctor and I actually go to the doctor like quite often for a ton of different things. Um, I've always thought back to that one number and I'm like, oh my God, I've gained X amount of pounds. And then I recently went to a doctor and she weighed me and my mind originally went to that place of, oh my God, I gained X amount of pounds. And then I realized, why the freak I need to stop cursing? Why am I using this number from so long ago when my body was not in its best place whatsoever? I was mentally not happy. I was so anxious. My body wasn't necessarily functioning correctly, digestively or hormonally. I lost a lot of parts of my body that like I enjoyed and I resonate with as a female, like boobs and butt and all that. And I looked like a small child. And so why would I be comparing it to a number where I didn't even like the way I really looked? And that was such an interesting like eye-opening experience that I have had recently of just letting go of that baseline that was so not relevant and realizing like I need to stop doing that math in my mind because right now is when I actually have loved my body the most and it's actually functioning and that is the most important thing and for me that's the whole lesson honestly I've learned behind body image is when your body is working that is important like I you know I know plenty of people who are very thin, not by genetics. They have chosen to kind of look that way and their body is not functioning at its correct capacity. And I've been there and I never had an eating disorder, but I definitely like became a little obsessed with certain like healthy things. And the fact that I now feel like my body is doing what it's supposed to be doing has been such an eye-opening and important experience for me and has proved this like newfound love that I have for it. So that was a really long tangent to a question, but there you go. And also there, are, someone asked for tips when the comparison thoughts are strong. So this is something I really resonate with very hard. Actually, hold on. We're going to go back a second. And the question was, hold on, where the heck was it? Oh, how was body image discussed growing up? Because I think I should address this first and then kind of talk about my journey and answer these questions. So I want to state first and foremost that I realize I have a huge privilege during this conversation in the sense that I've grown up with good genetics, um, with being an athlete and playing sports and just naturally having a thinner body, um, having access to workout classes and healthy foods and everything I do that keeps my body functioning. So I do want to acknowledge that. Um, growing up, Body image was an interesting topic and it's one that I really want to have a conversation with another podcast with my mom because I've mentioned before and she feels comfortable with me sharing. Um, she is a recovered, I don't know what the right term is, but she had an eating disorder. Um, and growing up, it was interesting because I don't think we were aware of it. It was when she was like post-college and like post-college and it took a while of recovery, but I think that my family, and I mean this in the most loving way ever, but the females in my family who are like the generation above us and above them really enjoy self-image and like looking good. And and I do think that unfortunately they can be very critical on themselves. And 
I think I wasn't as aware of it as a kid. It was just like secondhand nature that my mom might critique herself, even though she's the most confident person in the world. And I think with that, I always equated like really thin being the answer, if that makes sense. And so it was always something that I, I guess I was just aware of, but I never had to put effort into because I was playing sports my whole life and I naturally was pretty thin. So I was never taking action to live into this body that was kind of being put in front of me. Um, And then I think post-college was when my body image, not issues, but the topic kind of started to come to mind for me. I think I I gained weight then lost a ton of weight and then gained weight again. But I think it was more like an identity switch for me where I started to notice where it was, okay, I'm no longer, how do I resonate? Like, what is my personality? I'm no longer a college athlete. I'm no longer a great student. I'm no longer any of these things that I was. So I needed to kind of find a new title. And for me, I don't know, I just really struggled with like, losing a sense of identity and in that engulfed body image somehow. And I have no script in front of me. I'm literally just speaking to my computer. So I realize this is just a rambling of words and I'm trying to find a theme here. Well, a direction, I guess. Um, But I think after I lost a lot of weight and then started to gain it back, I struggled a lot with comparison because Growing up, I was always on the thinner side, and I know I'm still thin. I'm not saying I'm not, but I started to realize, oh my God, interesting. Some of my friends are much thinner than me. Interesting. A lot of my friends are really freaking beautiful. Like everyone kind of grew into themselves, and I started to notice, wow, I'm no longer a person that, like, when we walk into a room, I get noticed. Like, it's my other friend that gets noticed, or it's that person that's that gets compliments, or whatever. And I just started to get really down on myself in a very odd way. And I think it also had a lot to do with my mental health in many other realms of my life. I don't think I was feeling fulfilled. I wasn't as happy as I am now. I I think a lot was anxiety, but it kind of went to saying these mean things to myself, which is so difficult to break and so sad to acknowledge when you're on the other side, if that makes sense. Um, So for me, tips when the comparison thoughts are strong, whether it's you're comparing yourself to a past self, which I have freaking been there, or you're comparing yourself to someone that you're next to or someone that you're seeing on Instagram, first recognize that like no two bodies are the same. And that goes for also your body. Like no two period of time bodies are the same. If you're comparing yourself to like five or 10 years ago, I talked about this in an episode an old episode with Holly Owens, Wealthy Belly. Um, Like we joked that we would sometimes catch ourselves comparing ourselves to photos in college, which was almost 10 years ago. And I said, what if an 18-year-old female was comparing herself to an eight-year-old girl version of herself? Think about how much changes. Like that same 
stuff is changing in 10 years. Obviously, it's not as intense because you're not going from eight to 18. However, your body changes and it's supposed to change. We are supposed to evolve. And like, that is so freaking okay. It's amazing. We should be. We should not be stagnant and staying the same. And it's the same thing with two different people. Like no two bodies are the same. A, you're not putting in the same exact things. B, you're not doing the same exact things all day. And C, we don't have the same genetics. Like that's just the answer. And I think I would catch myself always looking at someone else's body in an area that I'm maybe self-conscious of. So like for me, it's my stomach. And that would be like the first thing I'd look at. And then I started to realize once I had a conversation with a few of my friends, like we were all kind of doing this. I think it's a very common thing. And it was really interesting and eye-opening for me to hear someone else be like, oh my God, but I look at this part of your body. And I'm like, that's so not fair. I wish I had that. And I think that almost weirdly helped me realize that like, unfortunately, we're kind of all in this together, but also no body is better than the other. Like really, truly, and I mean that wholeheartedly, no single body is better than another single body. They are all compiled of so many different things and everything is unique and makes you exactly who you are. And another thing is when you talk about how amazing your friends are or your family members or people you love, Think about like the top five things you would say about that person of why you like them. I know for me, beauty or body or like looks is never even close to that list. Never. So why would we ever value that measurement so high when we're looking at ourselves? And I think that was another eye-opening thing for me where I realized, wow, I am so much freaking more than beauty or looks or the way my body appears to someone else. Like that is not the first thing that anyone would say is a reason why they love me. And that's not how I should value my own self either. So that's, I guess, my tips for comparison. Also just like tell yourself you're a fucking badass because you are. And I know it sounds stupid, but another question was, I find myself insulting myself in the mirror. Not a question, but like a prompt. I've totally been there. And I talked about this with Holly also. We had this weird thing where I used to lift up my shirt in the morning and I never honestly, honestly never realized how freaking weird this was until I acknowledged it. I would lift up my shirt and like that would start my day of whether my stomach was really bloated or like not bloated. And I am so embarrassed to admit this, but I will just say it. I have this cringe worthy memory of in my apartment with my cousin Kelly back when I was in like my obsessive times. And I guess we had like a pack of Oreos. I think they were Oreos. And she was like, do you want some? And I fucking hate myself for doing this, but I remember lifting my shirt, looking at my stomach, being, I guess, happy with the result and saying, yeah, I'll take some. And she was like, did you just really do that? And I think I noticed how weird it was, but I I was so deep in my own obsession that I didn't totally notice. I was like, oh yeah, that was weird. Now I'm like, that is so sad. I want to take that girl, hug her so hard and tell her she's so much more than that. But We've all been there. Well, not, I can't speak for everyone. I have been there. And I think for me, it's not about, I think it's unrealistic to think that we're going to look in the mirror every day and be like, I love myself. I love my thighs. I love my stretch mark. I love my, like whatever it is. But I think it's really important to turn and flip that script quickly. And so the second I caught myself, well, first of all, I told myself I was no longer allowed to do that. And I stopped that shit right away. But The second I heard my voice go negative, I would say literally out loud. So it doesn't matter if you're with someone. I would say it out loud. I love X, Y, Z. So I 
I used to stand naked in front of a mirror and say like, thank you, belly, because I had a lot of digestive issues. Thank you, belly, for working. Thank you, stomach. I love you. I love you that you're, you allow me to eat all the foods I love. I love you that you keep my body functioning, like all this stuff that I was doing with one of my doctors um, because a lot of my stomach issues were from anxiety and stress, whatever. But I kind of took that and turned it into when I'm in a mirror or if I catch myself in a photo or if I catch myself in a reflection, if my mind ever goes negative, I'm like, no, no, no. We do not do that anymore. We are not critiquing ourselves because would you ever turn to your friend and be like, oh, by the way, you look big in that bathing suit? Never, 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 never. And if you are, you're like a bad friend. Um, And so the second I would catch myself critiquing something, I would stop, look at myself and say, I love whatever that body part is. And it sounds really insane, but it truly, truly freaking works. Um, Another prompt was I'm struggling with gaining weight and being hard on myself during this social distancing time. So right now we're all at home. Hopefully if you are working, that means that you are in a front line and I thank you. Um, But I I think there's this weird obsession, not weird. I don't mean to say that, but right now there's a lot of stress on like, here's every 10,000 online workouts that you can do at home. And it's so amazing that we're able to work out in our home and like still move our bodies during this time. But I also think we need to kind of chill because it's really easy to be obsessed over these kind of things, especially when you're home and like there's not as much to do and there's not as much to keep your mind off of. And that was another question of how to avoid indulging old obsessive exercise habits during this quarantine. So on both ends of the spectrum, I think people are very aware and kind of weary of, I don't want to go too obsessive where I'm working out all day long and I'm up, I'm freaking out over taking a day off and all that. Sorry, I had to burp. But also on the other side of like, I don't want to sit on my couch all day and just eat ice cream for weeks. So I, I get that. I think finding the gray area where you maybe set like a goal every day. So for me, it's 15 minutes of movement and that can literally be like stretching or it could be doing a 30 minute Kayla, but a minimum of 15 minutes. And whether it's walking outside, if you have a dog, if you're able to actually walk outside of wherever you live right now without like breaking the social distancing guidelines, that's a huge plus. Um, But it could be stretching, it could be doing anything you want. And so for me, as long as I do that, I'm like, okay, I feel good. I got in some type of movement, but I also am allowing myself or I'm forming a structure that's not allowing myself to obsess. So I kind of planned out my week similar to how I would if I was going to boutique fitness classes where I'm like, all right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing this. Tuesday, I'm doing this. Like this day's a rest day, that day's a rest day. And really just accepting that and like taking that schedule and being comfortable with it. Um, and regarding regarding like overindulging and gaining weight during this time, first of all, like, I mean, who knows how long we're going to be doing all of this, but two weeks of like not exercise, I'm just saying it'll probably be like the second week when this releases or I know it will because I know when it releases. Um, two weeks of not exercising or like indulging in foods, foods maybe you wouldn't typically indulge in, like that's not going to gain a ton of weight. Like it's just not. It's the same way as like eating one bowl of ice cream isn't going to add on 10 pounds and eating one salad isn't going to cause you to lose it. So I think being kinder to yourself, I do think in some weird freaking twisted way, this is all happening for a reason and we're, we're all going to learn a lot of lessons out of it. I'm just trying to see some positive in this scary, scary dark time. And I think one of it, 
one of the lessons is just being kinder to ourselves. And I think that goes with both of these topics. Like also it's going to get really old soon. If all you're doing is sitting on the couch eating ice cream, it's going to get so fucking old. You're not going to want ice cream anymore. I know that sounds impossible because when I say that, I'm like, there will never be a day, but I've had days where I've eaten so much ice cream that the next day I'm just not interested. So it does happen. And with that, another question was, um, where is this question? Oh, balancing eating healthily while intuitive eating and not feeling guilty about it. And I, uh, where is it? Okay. Well, anyway, that question from like regarding food, I don't restrict anything. I can't tolerate gluten or soy. So like I don't eat them, but you know, when we're at a restaurant where the bread table I know is amazing because I've had it back in the days where I could tolerate gluten, like I'll still eat a piece and I'll just deal with my issues the next day because for me it's worth it. Um, But I think by not restricting anything, I never have these insane, insane cravings where I get in that twisted mind game that I've been in in the past. I used to say like, Actually, I don't even want to say what I used to do because if someone is dealing with this, I don't want to like encourage this behavior or provide them with a framework. But if once I stopped restricting foods, I stopped craving them so intensely. I stopped being so harsh on myself. I ate them. I realized, oh, okay, I'm having a few bites of ice cream. Like that's actually enough. I don't need to like try and eat a whole pint in one sitting. I'm fine now. And I honestly have like, I'm just using ice cream as my example, but I have bites of ice cream every single day. And for me, that's plenty because it's never food that's off limits. And the second I put it off limits is when I then overindulge and feel like shit. And I've done it. I know. I can speak firsthand. And I know a lot of you can probably resonate with that. So for me, by allowing all foods to be, quote unquote, available, which is a privilege, but allowing all foods to be available has provided this space for me to then acknowledge what my body's actually craving. Because when I eat a lot of whatever you want to call junk food, my body craves vegetables. Like our body actually will crave foods that help fuel us and not slow us down. And I truly believe that. So I guess that's my answer. Um, How do you manage being around people that talk about diets and bodies more than normal? It is so freaking draining. Please, for the love of God, can we stop talking about this in every conversation with your friends? Um, I have, I know people in my life that talk about it all the time, um, whether they're critiquing themselves. I think people could openly critique themselves in hope for receiving a feedback. And I know this probably is the way to handle it. And it seems harsh, but I just don't respond either way. I just kind of move on. I'm like, okay, moving on. Um, when people are like, oh, you you look like you've lost weight. What have you been doing? I'm just like, no, I don't think I have. That's okay, moving on. Um, I, I think if someone obsessively is talking about it, you can say to them like, listen, this conversation does not bring me any sense of joy. Can we please stop talking about diets in our body? I think that is a totally fair statement to say. If the person doesn't understand Maybe it needs to be a longer conversation, but maybe they're just not in a place right now where that relationship is not bettering you. Um, I know I've had this conversation with my mom a lot. She will critique herself without even noticing. And I said to her two years ago, and she has made mass, massive strides since I said this, but I told her that behavior has to stop because I'm not bringing my grandchildren around it because um, I, I refuse to entertain it. 
And I will not bring a child into this world where they're growing up hearing their mother or grandmother look in the mirror and be like, I look like shit. I look so fat. Like, that's just not happening. Um, and so I think if it's someone that you're very close with and you love, you can you can be honest and say, I, I really dislike when you talk to yourself that way. Or I dislike having these comments made towards me. It makes me uncomfortable. I feel somewhat violated by these things. Like, we deserve the right to decide what we want to discuss and what we don't. And I think you just have to use that right. And the last question I will answer, because I'm trying to keep these to 30 minutes, is how do you get past the days when you feel your worst? I posted this on my story yesterday. I was like in a bathing suit, really freaking bloated because I have my period. Yes, I'm very excited about it because I got it back. Um, But remembering A, everything's temporary. So that emotion that you're feeling, because again, I said, I'm not gonna tell you that you're gonna look in the mirror every single day and be like, I love myself. I love everything about myself. For me, I don't think that's realistic. Um, But what I tell myself in those moments is this feeling is temporary. I remember how amazing I feel in other moments and this too shall pass, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Um, But I also will look in the mirror and then tell myself things I love about myself, which I've already said on here, but it really works. It's wild. So like pick the things that you're really grateful for and just say them out loud. And I know I've talked about having... I guess, bad body image issues two years ago or the past year or so. I was just in this weird, very low confidence state and I would find myself really critiquing myself when I was with groups of people or in bathing suits or whatever. And I can say that by doing this practice of positive body talk, intuitively eating, being kinder to myself, loving myself, appreciating my body for its worth and actually the fact that it's working and like keeping me alive which is so important you guys um I've never felt better and I was just on a trip with girls where I typically would have really torn into myself um and I left and I went to my therapist and I was like I am so freaking proud of myself because not once did I have one negative thought and in fact I looked at myself in a reflection and was like I freaking love you So I guess that's the end of this episode. I hope in some weird way this helped anyone. I know I just rambled. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any requests for solo podcast episodes, please send them my way and I'll do more like question box on my Instagram stories for prompts and questions. In the meantime, everyone, please stay safe and healthy. I love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.